Hey, Soulpreneur family, this is Tanisha White and Marcy Ferry, and you're listening to the Soulpreneur Sundays podcast, a show for soul-led entrepreneurs and solopreneurs who want to build their own businesses, but who don't want to go on that journey completely alone. Join us as we share our honest and real soulpreneur stories, including the highs and the lows. And learn about solutions and resources that we found along the way that can help you with a wide array of common soulpreneur challenges. Welcome to our sacred space. Welcome to Soulpreneur Sundays. Hey, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Soulpreneur Sundays. This is the third episode in our series of Getting Started. Today, we're talking about our services and offerings, which is a huge piece of what you need to decide on and think through when you're first launching your Soulpreneur business. So welcome back. Hey, Tanisha. Hey, Marcy. So excited for this because... This is such a crucial part of starting your journey. Um, And even if you're already in business or you've been in business, your services and your offerings can change as you change, as you grow, as your business grows. This is something that we can touch on for pretty much everybody. Yes. And that's something I even have as a note to talk about today is that this piece, this services and offerings, it's just not going to be a linear uh, journey, right? It's something that will continue to grow and shift no matter where you are on the journey. But getting started is kind of always the first hurdle where you sometimes have this tendency to overthink, okay, so what am I offering? How much am I charging? That's a whole other piece that we could do a whole other episode about. But there is a lot to consider. It can feel a little overwhelming at the start, especially. Yes. So we are here to help you navigate through your services and your offerings and share a little bit of our own experiences and how we have come up with our own services and offerings and, you know, the usual highs and lows of how to get to the other side of that transformation to make sure that your services and your offerings are aligned with not only your message, but with your ideal client. Yes, yes. And I almost want to start with those common things you hear from business, uh, you know, advisors, coaches, the common things you hear when you start to plan these things out, which To be are two main things. It's, okay, what is the transformation? Which is something Mm -hmm. that, that question is something I align with a bit more. But then there's also the question of, what problem are you solving? (laughs) That's a good one. Why do people need this? (laughs) That is probably, if you are anywhere in these internet streets, you have heard that a million times right? Your coach's coach told them to figure out the problem you solve. Um, And even though it's a great uh, foundation to start at, it goes so much deeper than simply solving a problem. That's literally like just the, the start, right? Yeah. And I don't know if you've heard of other common questions like that, but I feel like that is the biggest one that has always been thrown at me. What problem are you solving? Yeah, I've probably asked you that in some of our sessions that we've done. (laughs) More than likely, yes. It comes up often. (laughs) Yeah. um, But as I've been 
doing more work, even with my business and also just um, figuring out my new services and what I'm offering to my clients now currently. Uh, I've taken a deeper dive into that question um, and really I'm starting to like peel back those layers of that transformation versus the always looking for a problem, mm-hmm. right? I think that uh, collectively we are kind of getting out of the way that business has been operating, especially in um, the industry of like uh, conscious work or spiritual work or things of that nature. Like we're kind of starting to forge a new path. And so maybe you may discover in your business that solving a problem isn't your main focus. Maybe your focus is something different. Yeah, and that's something I wanted to ask you about because you have had both a service-based business and a product-based business. And in Mm -hmm. my journey with trying to figure out, you know, what problem am I solving? What's the transformation? And I actually think it was you who said to me first that I I heard that question so clearly is what is the transformation? And I I remember liking that question because to me that appeals to the storyteller in me that yes, of course there's a transformation. The the customer is a character who you're bringing through a stage and bringing them through to an epiphany or realization or something like that. So that resonated with me more than solving a problem. So I'm glad you, you said that phrase to me probably like a year ago now, but yeah. way back when. But I it made me think about service and product-based businesses. And I almost wondered if a product-based business is better off with the question of what problem do you solve? Whereas a service might be more oriented to a transformation. I don't think that's a, a blanket statement across the board, but that's what I had started to toy with in my mind. And since you've had both, I'm wondering um, if you find that one phrase is better than the other for service versus product. I would say, for the most part, yes. Um, and like you said, it it's not going to fit for every single person and every single business. But um, when you are in the service industry, right, you are creating a experience for a person through something that you are doing with or for them, right? And so that experience can look different for everybody. Whereas when you have a a product, say um, you're selling a a lotion, right? Or whatever you're selling, you are providing an experience that that person has without you. And so There can be a transformation, but it's also in the experience that that person and how it makes them feel. So sometimes it's more so you start off with the problem, but really what you're doing is you are uh, providing an external experience. Does that make sense? Yeah, that made sense. (laughs) But um, yes, it is very different. You have to approach it differently. You have to approach um, how you figure out that experience with your clients um, from a place of what is the emotion 
that I want my client to feel? And then what is the end experience that I want them to have from my entire process? So it goes from uh, not just being a service or a product, but also uh, diving, like I said before, deeper into those questions. It becomes more so now like, okay, I solved a problem, but what is the experience and emotion that created the solution? For offerings, that may look a little bit different, but you are still giving an experience that oftentimes is a uh, experience that involves you and the personal experience that person has with you. Yeah, that's interesting. It, it you know, I'm thinking from my personal experience. I, I maybe this is where I'll jump now into sharing kind of like my story, and then you can share your story of an example of of how we've moved through this process of understanding what is this transformation, what is this problem that we're solving. But I had a moment of freak out when I first started. I'm in a business group with lots of women. And I think that day was something around like what you help people with, like what you uniquely offer. And I was on the last week of my uh, full-time paid job. I had quit already. It was my final days and I was ready to go full into my stuff. And uh, I was thinking more focused on my yoga and journaling business that I was going to be teaching these yoga and journaling classes. So I picked that and I went into this you know, group and told them what I was hoping to help people with based on a yoga and journaling uh, class and these offerings. And I think I said something, you know, more like lofty around, oh, helping people like know their true inner selves, you know, all the stuff that comes with a, a yoga practice that those of you who practice yoga, we know, and we've heard that before. And there was a woman in there who's who's been, you know, I think a business owner for much longer than I have and has had successful businesses. And she kind of jumped on me or it felt to me like she jumped on me right away. And she said, yeah, but well, what problem are you solving? And I was mm. like, I, I'm, I'm one of those people who's not very good on the spot, admittedly. Like if you like come at me hard with a question, I get like <laughs> a little uh, Same. It's just a little jarring. And and in that moment, I kind of froze and I thought, well, I don't, I thought I just said that I was helping people connect to their true inner selves. Like I, I just didn't know how to, to answer that. And I said, well, I, I'm just starting out. I, I guess I don't really know. And, and she said, well, I thought that was the question we were supposed to answer. And, you know, you really should figure that out. And I literally, after we got off that call, I just like burst into tears. Because oh, I thought, oh, here yeah. I am. I have no problem that I'm solving. What is the point of my business? And, you know, after that initial freak out moment, I talked to some friends in a creative group I'm in and they had said to me, well, it's kind of hard with like a yoga business to say, what problem are you solving? And mm -hmm. that made me think about all of this, that sometimes it's about asking the right question for your business. Maybe it's not a problem specifically that you're solving unless you're someone who sells a very specific like yoga product or something, you know, what, where that could be the problem. Maybe you want a very non-sticky mat and that would be a problem that you would solve is to have a non-slip mat. But when you're teaching classes or something more like that, it's a bit, it's a bit softer. It's not as clear of what exactly would be a problem that you were solving. It's more of a transformation in that case, or at least as I see it. 
And so for someone starting out, I guess that I want to share that story because it's, it's not a one size fits all with these questions. It's really diving into what experience, like you were just saying, what experience am I creating? Yeah. And I love that you shared that story because it reminded me of an experience I had. I was doing a wealth embodiment um, program and the instructor was talking about not always focusing on your client's pain, right? We have been, we've been kind of programmed to believe that we have to go after their pain points all the time. And she said something that made me shift perspectives. And she was talking about uh, aiming towards your client's pleasure points versus mm -hmm. their pain points. What pleasure are you bringing into their life? What pleasure are they going to experience with you? And I thought that that kind of blew that whole problem solving thing right out of the water for me. Right. It's like I don't have to focus on uh, the pain of my clients. I don't have to focus on their fears. I don't have to focus on only the negative things. Right. Because that can get really heavy focusing only on the negative, trying to solve everyone's problems or trying to fix everyone's problems. Right. Uh, so just a shift in perspective, maybe your business is focusing on your client's pleasure, something that makes them feel good, uh, a part of themselves that they have not seen yet. Maybe it's something that they are aspiring to get to. Uh, and so that can look very different for you and your business versus, well, what problem do I solve? Because just like with your yoga, right? You might not be focusing on a pain point. You might be, you might not be solving a problem. Maybe you're talking to the pleasure in that client. Maybe you're talking to the person who wants to feel more joy and relaxation and connect with themselves. Maybe it's not something negative for them. Maybe it's really not a problem. They just want to feel better. Mm. Yes, that is so true. And it just made me think of something funny in my head. Like if someone marketed toward the problem solely and that the webpage, that's something like, do you feel miserable and depressed? Yes. Yeah. Sad. Come do yoga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's just silly. <laughs> it's kind of like that old, like infomercial energy, you know? And like I stated before, Collectively, we are coming out of a lot of what used to work. And we are starting to uh, focus more so on doing business in a way that feels good, not only to your clients, but for you too. So maybe that does, maybe we do change the, the verbiage and start to... Um, Use different language when we're talking about uh, the services and the offerings that we provide to our clients. Yes. And I think a big part of that, before you sit down and outline, this is my signature offering, or these are the three packages I'm going to have, is 
considering what works for you too, and we talked about this in the last episode too with the mindset shifts as well, but I think if you go into it creating, you know, something that you think is just going to solve a problem or fill a hole and meet a need, but you don't consider what you actually enjoy doing about the work, what you, you know, feel inspired by, it's going to end up kind of being an empty business. Like you're, you're just going to hit that wall again where you're, you'll have to restart. And I'll be honest, I have hit that point myself, uh, you know, following well-intentioned advice from business leaders and seeing things on Instagram. And I'm experiencing that in my own business where it's just like we said again in the last episode where I created almost another job for myself. So I think it's really important to take that time to go within. And you might not get it right the first time. I definitely don't think this is a linear experience. But try as much as you can to consider if you already know certain things about yourself, even though it might make you the money and it might fit that formula of it solving a problem, think about, is this what I want to do? Will this light me up? Will this feel good to me if I'm in service in this way? Yeah. Like you stated before, and when we talked about it in the last episode, a lot of us do come out of our jobs, our corporate situations, and we do create another job for ourselves. And for us, soul-led entrepreneurs, our soulpreneurs, a lot of us want to get away from that structure. A lot of us want to um, use our business as an expression of what our soul came here to do right and so um we have to look at like what energy is behind what that like what's that intention behind where we're going with those services where we're going with those offerings does this align with what is making me happy right but then also uh creating an impact and a transformation uh for my clients as well so absolutely, you shouldn't be making things that you don't love making. You shouldn't be uh, creating things that you don't love creating. And when you are creating or making things out of scarcity or lack because you're just trying to make money, those are the people, those are the type of clients and customers that you are going to be attracting, right? So for one, you're going to come into um, the situation where you have a service or offering and you're going to get pushed back on your pricing because you're not aligned with the right, you know, you're not aligned with the right people. Uh, you're going to get pushed back on uh, people not really getting the intended transformation or results that they're looking for. And you're not going to be as clear on your messaging to your clients because you don't even know where to start because a lot of times to be honest when we're in that space and I know where that space is because I've been knee deep in it we are so frustrated and burned out by all of the things that we're doing that we're just trying to get a sale to make it feel worth it right? To make all of the hours and the blood, the sweat, the tears feel worth uh, what we're doing instead of operating from a place that feels aligned and feels good. Now, is business going to feel good all the time? Absolutely not. Okay. 
Don't let anybody tell you that. This is not going to be glitter and rainbows, but it should feel aligned. It should feel expressive. It should feel like you're flowing towards something, not resisting or burned out or frustrated all of the time. Yes, yes. And off the bat, I'm already thinking of things that were important to consider. And this is not to say, because I definitely think a big part of my journey has been testing and seeing what works for me. Because honestly, sometimes you just need to try something and then you're going to get a yes or you're going to get a no. You'll know right away. And I feel like that's the phase I have been in. But these big questions to consider, I know people had mentioned it before, other blogs or, or videos I'd watched even just saying, okay, well, do you want to work one-to-one? Do you want to work one-to-many? Is it small groups or big groups? Do you want a very large business where you have lots of followers or do you want an intimate community? Do you want to spend a lot of time on on phone calls, on Zoom calls, or do you want to be working independently? Do you want to work with other people a little bit? And those are some questions and things to play with that I personally have been playing with. And and you'll get to a point where you realize, oh, you know what? I don't like that I'm on so many calls and my, my calendar's full all day long. So maybe I need to back off of doing sessions or meetings or things like that and create a structure that doesn't do that for me. So there's a lot of little considerations there just with what you put out there and allow it to be okay for you to change what that offering is once you realize, okay, I I can't spend that much time in one-to-one sessions. I'm burnt out. I'm tired. I'm not getting my other work done. Okay, pull back. Or just the pricing on those things to make it worth your while. There's there's a couple different options there, really. But maybe even journal. Of course, I'm going to say to journal on that. But journal about the experience and what comes up as common frustrations for you day to day. And that that should be a good indicator you know, listen to your feelings. If something isn't feeling good or feeling tired and heavy, that might mean that you need to go back and revisit, okay, exactly what are these services and offerings I'm, I'm putting out there? How is that bringing in these types of people or situations? Yeah. And I love that you were talking about trying and testing things. Let me be super clear about this part, business is usually is absolutely a huge experiment. It is a test. And as an entrepreneur, as a solopreneur, you will constantly be testing new things. And I like to say something that most people are kind of blown away by at first, but I'm like, fail and fail fast, right? So I'm not saying rush through the process, but what I am saying is try as many different things as you can so that you know what works and what doesn't. Try that offer, try that product, try that service. And if it doesn't work, tweak it and try again. Tweak it and try again. Keep pivoting until you find it. Nobody goes out of the gate and they just automatically have it. Like that does not happen. The things that you don't see behind the scenes is people trying things over and over and over again and tweaking and pivoting and tweaking and pivoting until they get it just right. This is an experiment. 
So for instance, when it comes to social media, for, for instance, and you are uh, making an offer to your community or your audience, and you make your offer and you're so excited because you spent all this time working on it and you get nothing, right? You get no response, you crickets, right? It's not that that product is not your product or your offering. It could be the messaging, right? It could just mean that the people who it was intended for, you didn't speak directly to them for them to say, oh yes, this is for me. So then you go back and you tweak the messaging a little bit, or maybe it was the graphics. Maybe the graphics weren't, you know, um, getting their attention. So they didn't read the caption. Maybe it wasn't, the caption wasn't um, good, right? So you have to go back and just retweak certain things. There were times where I've um, had a offering of some sort, whether it was a product or a service, and I got no sales. And I've literally went back and changed maybe images, changed the copy, hired someone to write copy or different things like that. And then the next time I might've only got maybe five sales, but something changed, right? And then I go back and I make note of all the things that I changed. So then when I tweak it again, maybe next time, this time I get 15 people. Well, now I know I'm hailing in the right direction. But if I would have stopped back when no one uh, took the offer the first time, I would have never had the data to know what my audience and what my clients are looking for. So think about it as an experiment. Don't be so hard on yourself. Uh, fail, fail fast, and just keep going and keep trying and keep pivoting. Uh, but your services and your offerings need to feel good, like you said, Mercy. They need to feel like something that is flowing and it is expressing the energy of your business. Yes. And I think that it's such a, a good reminder, too, that we have to give ourselves time to just move and grow with it. Mm -hmm. We have to give time for things to work and for things to not work. Yeah. You keep experimenting, you keep trying. And that's where I think a lot of people step away from this path because they get tired of that. They want to see a fast or an instant result. But that's just, unfortunately just not how, I mean, it's not how many things work. We have to put in a lot of time in that experimentation phase. And honestly, the experimentation phase really doesn't even end. I don't think <laughs> you're just always going to be trying to see, you know, what works for them being the customer, the client, the community, and for you and allowing yourself the room and the grace to do that. And that makes me want to ask you if you're okay with it, Tanisha, since you have been doing this for quite some time, how many times have you changed your services and offerings like ballpark? Oh, my Atlanta. <laughs> Just to make all um, of us feel better. <laughs> I would say in the, okay, so I've been doing this work specifically, right? For about two and a half to three years. And I would say from the beginning up until this point, I've changed at least 10 times, at the very least. However, every single 
transition, every single pivot, every single failure, every single sale has taught me more and more about my audience and has got me to the point now where I can almost predict and project like what is going to happen when I make an offer or when I release some product or service or whatever I'm doing next. Now I know enough about my audience that I can say, okay, this should get this result. And then when I get the feedback, I can adjust it. Right. Um, But I've had so many different ones and the business as it started is not the business that I have today. I've changed so many things. And at first, the Virgo in me was like, absolutely not, ma'am. Do not change anything, right? Because everyone will think you failed, okay? And you don't want to be a failure in these internet streets. And then the Libra in me, which is my rising sign, was like, girl, get your life together. Like, there has to be a balance. Like, everybody doesn't want to see your highlight reel. They want to know that businesses go through things. They want to know that you're a real person. So um, it was just me getting over myself. Me, like, letting my ego sit in the backseat and say, hey, this isn't working. Do something else. Let's try something else. Take the data and move forward. Um, But what about you, Marcy? You're fairly new to this. How many offerings have you had? Ooh. Um, so it's funny. I've kept the offerings the same on my website this entire time because I keep meaning to change them, but they're not doing it. But as far as all the different types of offerings I've given to people since I started in May, oh, there's got to be like at least 10. And You know, this is another common problem and that I'm experiencing and that hopefully if you're starting out too, you can learn from this. (laughs) I definitely have a lot of services that I can offer. And especially with my communications business, I'm speaking of that one specifically, just because I wore so many hats in my past jobs. And so when I left my jobs behind all the corporate stuff, I thought to myself, oh, well, I can just do what I did in these jobs, but for other people, for solopreneurs for people who have businesses that I'm just a little more aligned with, right? But that in practice didn't feel super great because there's a reason I didn't like doing all of those different things and wearing all of those different hats, right? And I'm coming to the conclusion now that I need to narrow down those offerings and to get Mm -hmm. nice and clear about exactly what I want to give to people. And Tanisha, you've been helping me with this so much. We've sat down on many calls trying to map out exactly what those offerings are. And I'm finally seeing a path now. You know, I started in May and now we are here in March and I'm finally seeing light at the end of the tunnel where I think, okay, I think I'm nearing this. I think I'm getting closer and clearer on what I want. And it's a good feeling. But I will tell you, those last several months when I was struggling and trying things with different clients, there were times where I thought, am I even doing the right thing? Like, should I even be doing this? Because clearly I'm lost as all heck. Uh (laughs) (laughs) But that's where it helps to have a community of other people who are doing this. And hopefully we can be that community for you. But I've been so fortunate to be able to talk to Tanisha 
on Wednesdays on our Wednesday calls and say, I'm just really struggling with this. And just having that other voice to say, I've been there and this happens and it's normal because I think when we go through it, we think, oh, it's just us. So there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with us. Again, like like we need to be fixed in some way. Again, the culture is kind of with the way we're marketed to. There's always something we've got to fix. And so I, I think, oh, I'm doing something wrong and, and I've got to fix this right away. But really, it's just allowing that space and that time for all of that to formulate for you to start to see you can't do it until you start putting things out there. There's just no other way. Yeah, absolutely. You don't get a result without doing something. So for those of you who are listening that have not made your posts on your platforms, you haven't let people know what your offering is, what your service is, because you're scared that no one's going to buy it, you will not get the data. You will not get a client. You will not have the success that you want until you just do it. Release it, even if it's not perfect. I saw this really great example the other day with our favorite girl, everyone's favorite girl, right? Maybe not, but Beyonce, okay? So for those of you who have followed Beyonce since her Destiny's Child days, she had a clothing line called Darion. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. House of Darion, to be exact. And now she has this exclusive partnership with, I believe it's Adidas, where she has Ivy Park now, where she has like these lines that come out for special occasions and things like that, right? But if she would have stopped when House of Darion flopped, she would have never got to where she is now, where literally the items are selling out faster than they can even make them, right? Like she has exclusive racks that are only in specific stores and specific locations, and you can only get them in certain places and people are going nuts for them. People are online for hours in the queue waiting to get these exclusive items, right? But if she would have waited until it was perfect, we wouldn't even have, like she wouldn't even be there. This is over like a 15 year span. If she would have just quit back then, where would she be right now? Like, I'm sure that that's helped her get to a whole nother level. It prepared her for things that she didn't see coming. It allowed her to say, okay, I want to, uh, I want more, right? But she was able to do it and she was able to expand it and grow it because she just put it out. So do not let your perfectionism keep you from your Ivy Park moment, right? There's somebody out there who needs what you have. They need your service. They need your product. And they want to give you their money. But they can't because you're holding on to it, waiting for it to be perfect. So just release it already. I actually recently wrote a newsletter about this. I send out uh, weekly journal prompts. And 
you bring up the Beyonce example for me, what kind of kicked it off was I was watching Olympic figure skating of all things. Cause I used to ice skate as a kid and I just like love watching Olympic figure skating. I, yeah, I can't, I can't totally explain it, but I think it's awesome. And was they're watching. amazing. Oh, it's like, whoa, I can't believe the, yeah, some of the stuff that they can do. But when I watch, you know, skaters and athletes, I really think this applies to any like athlete who really dedicates their life to something and to like really developing that skill. But if a figure skater, you know, went around the rink and they, you know, they go into a jump and they fall and they never get back up or they just skate off the ice and like don't finish their program, that that's just something you don't see. They pick themselves back up. They keep going. They still deliver an amazing program in a bunch of other ways. They still keep earning points because they didn't stop. Mm-hmm. And that made me think about how can we translate that sort of mindset to our own dreams and goals and visions? What if every time we hit that little bump and didn't get that response that we expected or not enough people signed up or we didn't make enough money from it, whatever the problem is. <laughs> but if we didn't stay down and we finished, we kept going. You know, we're leaving points on the table if we walk away. We're, Ooh, we're not good. sharing the beauty of the rest of what we have to offer. It would just be such a shame. Like if you thought of a figure skater just, just doing that, just getting off the ice. <laughs> Yeah. Marcy, that's so good. That might have, like some people that might have went over their heads. You're leaving points on the table when you don't get up and you don't keep going. Oh, that's so good. I'm trying to apply this to my own life and and reminding myself. I even have a post-it note actually right here that I will show you all. And I'm not perfect with it, but I want to remind myself, do it every day. Whatever you love, keep doing it. Don't just stop because you didn't get an outcome that you you wanted or expected. And, and don't stop yourself from trying it at all or putting it out there. You know, don't decide that you failed before you failed. <laughs> like, let, let yourself give it a shot. Let yourself try. And I, I even think of my husband saying this to me when I was starting out, I was kind of focusing on the yoga and journaling a lot. And I was, you know, trying to promote that. But my communications business was the one that was kind of picking up a little bit more. And now I've started to infuse some of that yoga and journaling into that business. So now it's feeling more aligned. But he had kind of said to me, you've barely even marketed the communications business to people. A lot of my stuff right now is is word of mouth and referral. And he keeps saying, you haven't even tried that. So you can't declare it failed until you actually try to start promoting both businesses fully like you can't just say oh it didn't work you haven't told anybody about it (laughs) not on a grand scale and he's right which i adore him by the way and it's just like we don't know people don't wake up your client your customer your fill in the blank of whatever you do right does not wake up thinking about your business. If you don't tell us that these things exist, we don't know. And we can't participate in supporting you if we don't even know what the hell we're supporting. It is a matter of you understanding for one, like think about how many times you might see an advertisement for some 
product or service, they are bombarding you with their marketing, right? And eventually, you'll end up going to that place or buying that product because you've seen it everywhere. The more they know and they understand, the more you see it, the likely, the more likely you are to actually open your wallet and purchase it. Same should be true for your services and your offerings. If people don't want to see it, they will leave. And guess what? It's okay because they weren't your client anyway. So don't worry about marketing yourself too much or being too salesy or any of those things. When it comes to your product and your service, it's like your product and your service should be your revolution, right? So if you're doing a revolution, you don't just tell people about a revolution one time and expect them to get on board. It becomes a lifestyle. It becomes all of, if you're talking about my business, this is all I'm talking about. It's my services, what I'm offering you. As you started to get closer to your services and offerings, and as these things are changing for you, Marcy, you mentioned kind of like, almost in essence, like taking a, a time of reflection, right? To kind of see where you're at. So I like to think of it as like taking a step back to get the bigger picture. What have you noticed in your bigger picture vision now that you've kind of taken that time to like step back a little bit and see the bigger picture? Yeah. Well, even just knowing that I needed to go through these to kind of these experiences, I mean, of trying these different things in order to check them off as a yes or a no. I needed to go through that in order to see what I'm seeing now. I, I could not have done that um, without just trying those things. So yeah. as much as I might want to beat myself up for putting something out there that I ultimately didn't like or didn't get traction or what have you, I, ha I had to do it. It's part of the journey. Yeah, It's part of the story. And I am glad I like I, I think I need to do a better job of celebrating myself and thanking myself, being grateful that I tried those things and saying, look, you did it. You tried. <laughs> you, know? you tried that. You, you got you stepped out maybe a little bit out of your comfort zone a little more each time and tried something. So like pat myself on the back for that rather than beat myself up with look at all these, you know, mistakes and wrong things you did or whatever. And of course, we've talked about this before that a lot of times people don't even know that you've made a mistake. So I think we get in our heads too thinking, oh, well, what are other people going to think that I'm changing this service and offering now? Are they going to be so upset with me? Like, don't, <laughs> don't worry about that. Think more of what did I learn and gain from this? And now how can I, I use this to direct the path forward? Because we're all going through it. Yeah. And like you said, I think we're a lot of times in our head thinking that people are paying more attention than they actually are. Right. <laughs> we're kind of like thinking that people are constantly knowing what's going on with us and behind the scenes and they have no idea. And a lot of times if it doesn't have to do with them personally, they don't care. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So a lot of times, like you said, we're just in our own head, talking ourselves out of doing the thing that we need to do. Yeah. Um, but those challenges do three things, right? Those challenges, when you work through those obstacles and those challenges, they help to inspire you and others. They help to educate you. And then you can use that to educate others. And they also help to motivate you. And you can then, in turn, motivate others. So when you're faced with a challenge, look at the ways that it inspired you. Look at the ways that it educated you. And look at the ways that it motivated you. Instead of focusing, like you said, beating yourself up and focusing on all the things you did wrong, think about how you were inspired, how you were educated, and now how you're motivated. And I think just shifting that perspective can really help you to just keep moving forward, keep failing and failing fast. And I think the other part as you were saying that, that came to me was also allowing yourself to let go of what didn't work. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes, especially we were talking about ego just a little bit ago, ego comes in, wants to hold so, so tightly to whatever model you had before in your business or whatever model you thought it was going to be that, oh, that's the one that's going to to make the most money or to bring me the most success. It could be any type of, of thing like that and releasing that grip and saying, no, I there is another way. I can feel it. I can feel that that's not aligned with me. I can feel that there's another way that would be more aligned. And you might not know the exact thing yet, but setting that intention again to find what that is and allowing that thing that isn't working to just release. And that is probably one of the hardest parts, if I'm being honest. It's so hard. And it's so interesting to me that you would bring that up because part of what I'm exploring in my own business right now uh, and what I'm creating is to help people figure out what business model actually aligns with the energy of their business. How does your business want to be expressed energetically, right? Because we know everything is energy. Um, But understanding that you're That you offer, what you offer is like a representation of the energy that wants to be expressed, the creativity that wants to be expressed. What does that look like? So I'm creating kind of like an energetic blueprint of like your energy combined with the energy of your business and then creating like a map, right? So you know where you are on that map and then where your map is going, it's kind of going to be like a energetic GPS for business. And I'm really excited about that. That is totally something I could use. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, actually, I think it describes the work we have done together thus far that, you know, trying to work through, you know, the energy behind what I'm trying to create that you have kind of jumped in and said, okay, well, let's take note of that. And even in that process, we've done together some experimentation of you just asking me questions and saying, okay, well, how did that feel? Why didn't that work? It's so key to tap into that energy behind what you're putting out there and what you're trying to bring in. In us working together and 
me being able to take a step back from my own business to see the big picture, to see the vision of um, what I what I wanted to create and us in turn helping one another kind of work through the kinks in our own businesses. Uh, I've been able to kind of zoom in, if you will, or focus in on what is it that I do well? What is it that is aligned for me? What feels good for me? And how does my energy work with my clients? Like, what does that look like? What feels comfortable and feels sustainable for where I am currently, right? Not where I was a year ago when I thought about it, but actually where I am right now, what is sustainable for me? Also, it gave me the opportunity to figure out where I'm at, not only mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually inside of all of those challenges. So working with you has allowed me to get a, almost like a bird's eye view on what I want to bring forth to my own community. Um, and having you as part of my community was even that much more helpful because uh, I kind of got to literally pick like my ideal client and then just work with you and just kind of work all the kinks out. Now, reflecting on it, it feels like I was able to do it almost like in hyperspeed instead of like having to work with maybe four or five people on the same thing. I was actually able to like really hyper focus on one specific thing, but also like create the the elements, right? And the foundation of of what needed to be expressed through my business. So I'm super grateful for you and all of the things that we have taught each other, but then also just the things that have evolved and grown from this dynamic in this relationship, which like this podcast, right? Yes. Yes. And this totally is aligning with what we're likely going to be talking about in the next episode more in depth, which is making room for those test clients mm. that making room for those uh, opportunities for you to connect with another person and see how they react to the work you're doing, or even to just play with what the work you're doing is. Because I would I would say that we both went into working together without really a major clear intention. We both just knew we were going through some things and wanted to like work on it. So we gave ourselves that time to talk about business pains, if you want to call it that. <laughs> and it just organically became something so much more than I think we even thought. I think we just thought we were, you know, two people chatting it up on Zoom, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It was definitely divinely guided, for sure. Yeah, sure. For sure. And I think when we get into that in the next episode, finding those people that you can kind of partner with or have those opportunities to work through some things with, it gives, it takes the pressure off. Mm. You know, if you're, especially if you're both working through something, you don't feel like you have that employer, employee, mentor, mentee relationship if you can both kind of just come together and help each other and see it from, you know, the level of this is something we're all working through. Yeah. That 
I don't know, that community to me is is huge. And I'm not sure I would have made it this far without it. They're, like, if we didn't have our Wednesday sessions, I probably would have just gone back and got another job I now. <laughs> I probably would have just, either I would have just continued doing what I was doing and be completely burned out and miserable, or I would have just been like, screw it, I'm going to go get a job. But that would have only lasted for like six months. And I would we both right would have been it. Went. Yeah, it would have, it would have been a mess. So I'm so grateful as well that we are here. Not only are we here, but we're now using this space where we have helped one another to get clarity and uh, work through our challenges and our obstacles to also expand that impact and help other people just like us, other soulpreneurs just like us to do the same thing. And it's really exciting. And I almost feel like it's like a dream. Like I feel like I'm gonna wake up and I was just making all of this up. Like I just astral projected myself to another dimension. And <laughs> when I come back, it's like, None of this ever happened. <laughs> There's another episode, future episode, maybe we'll talk about some astral projection. <laughs> I feel like astral projection in your business is like <laughs> top tier. <laughs> Stay tuned, everybody. It's coming. Yeah. <laughs> it will be here. We, we seriously do hope that we can create this community here with all of you as well. All of you listeners, maybe there's something bigger in store as we grow and we can all help each other. It's it's hard to do this stuff um, in a box on your own. I say in a box because I feel like whenever I'm like in a room, I'm in this like little box just typing away by myself, <laughs> not knowing what's happening. But when you have these friends, these soul family members going through it with you, it just makes it that much, that much easier. So, but with that, I think we will wrap up this session on uh, your services and offerings. But, 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 but we have so much more in store for you. And we are going to talk about those clients and those ideal clients and, and test clients, all that good stuff in the next episode. So I hope that you will stick with us. Any final thoughts, Tanisha? Um, I think we covered so much in regards to your offers and your services, just put it out. Everything you need to know is in the results. So put it out. That's it. That's a good line. Good line reminder to end on. I'm going to keep that for myself too. <laughs> <laughs> so such a good reminder. Well, thank you everybody for joining us for this episode. We can't wait to see you on the next one. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Soulpreneur Sundays. We hope you learned something new and feel comforted and inspired by what you heard. We'd love to feature your comments, questions, or stories in future episodes. So be sure to leave us a note and let us know about your business and what you'd like to hear more about. To make sure you get notified of new episodes, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform and on YouTube. You can also follow us on Instagram at Soulpreneur Sundays Podcast. And you can find both of us on Instagram at 
Tanisha White. And at The Mystical Fairy with fairy spelled F-A-R-R-E-Y. Join us again next Sunday for a new episode. Thanks for listening.